This is Annette Abena and welcome to Diaspora Talks. Diaspora Talks is a podcast connecting Africa's fastest growing businesses with the diaspora. Who are Africa's most exciting businesses? Who are the entrepreneurs behind the brands? Where are the opportunities for us to invest? I started this podcast to bridge the gap between the diaspora and Africa by telling the stories of African founders globally. You can hear these stories on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Stay tuned. Hi guys, before we get into the episode, I wanted to share something with you. I've started using this international calling app called White Calling, which helps me stay in touch with my family back in Ghana. The White Calling app has really low call rates worldwide. I can top up my credit via the app, so no more calling cards. It has great quality and reliability, and I can use my monthly mobile network minutes, data, or Wi-Fi. You can use my code 6143 for 30% extra free credit when you top up, so your credit goes even further during these challenging times. The other person doesn't actually need the app or data connection for you to start making calls today, and you can get free credit on an install, so you can try it out before you top up if you're still not sure. Link in the show notes to download. Bamboo is an app that gives Nigerians unrestricted access to over 3,000 stocks listed on the Nigerian Stock Exchange and US Stock Exchanges. The company has developed Android and iOS apps that allow users to discover the best local and global companies for investments. So millennials in Nigeria can now purchase shares in their favorite US companies like Tesla, Facebook and PayPal. From a mobile phone or computer, any Nigerian with a BBN can sign up and fund their Naira or dollar balance and start buying and selling shares instantly in just a few taps. Today, I'm speaking to Bamboo's co-founder and director of growth, Yammo. Hi, Yammo. Welcome to Diaspora Talks. Hi, Annette. Thanks for having me. Good. So good to have you. Um, I've been sort of chasing you and your co-founder Richard down for a couple of weeks. So I'm really happy to finally speak to you. So I'm in Lagos right now. So I got in just before the lockdown and, you know, been in for about six weeks now. Okay. Yeah. And I know we spoke about this before the call, but I know they've sort of eased restrictions in Lagos, isn't it? Yes. So essentially, essential businesses, actually, no, all businesses can open from, but they all have to be closed by about 6 p.m. But I'm not going anywhere. I haven't, I still haven't left my house. It's been a week. I'll see what happens after two weeks yeah. and make a call. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that, 100%. Um, but before we got into, I guess, the conversation about bamboo, your business and your career, etc., um, I wanted to ask you a question, which I'm asking all of my interviewees this season. Um, it's kind of like a curveball, but I think it really gives in good insight um, into, I guess, what your main challenges are and also what your values are and also gives insight to my listeners um, from people who live and experience Africa, Nigeria, in your case, day to day. Um, so the question is, if you had a magic wand, what is one thing you would change about your home country, Nigeria, and why? So one thing, we'd have 24 Just hours. One thing. 24 okay. hours power supply everywhere throughout the country. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. Yeah. Simple and effective. Okay, I get it. All right. Good yeah, and I think, okay. yeah, I think the why is obvious. It just it makes everything yeah. easier. I think power changes 
businesses, power changes lives. It means, you know, young school children don't have, you know, poor, because people don't think, when people think power, they think about, you know, big businesses, they think about cost of right. business, but power changes lives. It means a poor kid now is able to work all hours of, you know, is able to do school work at night because they're not relying on a candle or relying on daylight. It means, yeah. so even that kind of thing, it means easier access, obviously for business, easier ease of doing business, all of that. So yeah, 24 hour power. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Definitely, it's universal, isn't it? As well as business, it's also um, day-to-day and everyday people. So yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, so just going into a bit more about yourself and your career, um, when I was looking into yourself, um, I saw that you spent most of your career so far in the finance industry, especially in investment management. So I wanted to get some insight insight into what your experience has been so far tr- transitioning into the tech world of Bamboo and also being a first-time founder. So it's been very interesting. I would say that there, I'm trying to think, between finance and tech and being a first-time founder, I'd say there are two so they're two different things. Doing finance and doing tech tech now, there's a lot more uncertainty. And I think that same thing with being a first time founder. So, you know, before I, you know, had full time jobs, was working, I knew that on X day of the month I was gonna get paid, you know, just gonna do my job, do it well. But now there's a lot more uncertainty in doing this. And just generally as a founder as well, there's a lot more on the line. You have a lot of people relying on you because, you know, we have staff, we have investors who've trusted us with money. And there's also just your own vision. So we we have this vision of what we're trying to build, the type of company, the type of culture, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to build. And there's also the added pressure of actually going out to execute the vision. But I'll right. say it's also exciting and exhilarating because you also know you have the opportunity to build something and do something different that could actually be transformational in a way that I don't think I had while working at my other job, if if that makes sense. So as a first time, and you know, as a first time founder, I can't speak. So I'm going to say as a founder because I don't know what the difference is as a second or third time founder. Right, right, right. <laughs> as a founder, generally, there's a part of you that also realizes you're you're able to have a lot more of an impact at a very young age than you otherwise would have doing something else and you know with tech the difference I would say is tech has now given us the ability to have you have this idea that in the back of your mind seems small but tech gives you the ability to scale this idea into something transformational as well and just in terms of working you know my co-founder Richmond has you know a lot of tech experience tech background and just working with him seeing the difference a lot more fast pace it's you know they think about things differently. Everything's got more dynamic. There's also, you know, an acknowledgement that everything isn't going to go right. As opposed to finance, we're working where we're working with numbers. I was doing infrastructure, private equity, which definitely isn't as risky as what I'm <laughs> definitely yeah. as risky as you know what I'm doing now. So yeah, that's what I would say generally. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds good. I think a lot of people who are listening, who are professionals, can definitely relate to that. Um, have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? So no, actually, funny enough, I didn't think I would ever be an entrepreneur. It just sort of happened. So essentially what happened was my co-founder, Richmond, and I, 
we're just talking about it generally one day we we're talking about investing and i was talking about how oh, i really wish i could buy shares in the u.s but i don't have mm-hmm. a social security number so i couldn't get robin hood or any of those other apps and he yeah. mentioned oh yeah that he'd been trying to do it from nigeria but it was taking a bit of time so he but he'd keep me updated and it was like one of those conversations you have and sort of forget about if that makes sense and then a couple yeah. of weeks later he then mentioned oh yeah that he's still trying it's already been three weeks and he still hasn't able to get on board and i was like wow that is so crazy i'd even forgotten about it you know about the conversation and he was trying and again another you know passed by conversation and then and again a few weeks later he came and was like oh my god that we should totally build this that you know he's done some of the background like checking and you know it's actually possible but we'd have to do x y and z and obviously at the time i had a job and like i mentioned i wasn't trying to become an entrepreneur so i was just like oh i mean this is cool we can work on it you know on the side quote and unquote. Right, yeah <laughs> you know happy to happy to work happy to be an advisor as you go on this crazy entrepreneur journey but it just started and you know and it's just one of those things the ball kept rolling and we just realized that this could be something that there was an actual gap in the market that we could build something really really good to fill so we started doing it and went out and we got here yeah that's that's amazing do you know that was actually going to be my next question which was tech asking you about your light bulb moment and how the idea for Bamboo came to be. And I guess you've articulated that quite well in that it was a personal problem. And in fact, you didn't actually think of it as a business um, straight away. Um, And I think that's quite refreshing for a lot of people to hear because there's a lot of these stories that we hear that it's like, you know, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur from the day I was born. And, you know, I was working in my shed. And but for some people, a lot of people can't relate to that. So um, I think that is really that that's that is really um, effective. Um, so yeah, so tell me more about what your role is at Bamboo. So you are the director of growth as well as the co-founder. So what does that actually mean? And I'm sure you don't have a sort of day to day, but could you give us some insight into um, what your your priorities are in your role? So essentially. It's, I'm trying to think of the easiest way to put it. So we're a startup and essentially what makes a startup different from a small business is that you're growing really quickly, right? So that's essentially my, if we split priorities, that's my main priority to make sure that we're actually continuously growing really quickly. So that is Mm -hmm. looking at what are the ways that we can do this in the most efficient way possible. And, you know, figuring out the best go-to-markets, the best strategy, and just making sure the team is able to carry out this growth vision. And then on the other side, I'm also dealing with day-to-day operations. Things happen, you know, there's an app. So my co-founder is the CEO. He leads the company and he does all the product and all the technical stuff leads the product team. So on a day-to-day, there's stuff that has to happen that isn't the glamorous app-related stuff that has to making payments, yeah. checking, mm-hmm. you know, hiring, doing taxes, that kind of stuff. So those are the operational stuff I do on the operational end. And the other end is just growing, getting to a place where you, you know, have heard about us from the company that launched in yeah. Lagos, Nigeria, that sort of thing. Amazing. Sounds good. Um, so I really wanted to get into the problem that Bamboo is solving Um, especially for young Nigerians. Now, a lot of the people that are listening um, are those of us, as I mentioned, in the diaspora. So we're quite familiar with an 
apps like this. So you mentioned Robinhood, um, but also here in the UK, we have things like Free Trade and Moneybox, which essentially gives us access to um, public stock exchanges to invest in through our apps. So I guess a lot of people listening may be thinking, you know, what is the problem you're actually solving? Because what does, don't Nigerians already have investment opportunities locally? Um, And if not, what does access to investment actually currently look like? key problem we're solving is easy, efficient, and affordable access to global investment opportunities. So like you mentioned, Nigerians already have access to investing locally. So our local yeah. markets we have stocks, we have treasury bills to some extent, and we have mutual funds mainly. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of people also want to invest in the companies that you know and you love. You know, people want to buy Apple shares because they probably have an iPhone. You want to buy Nike because you probably have the shoes you want you know google because you use it every day that kind of thing and so for us what bamboo is doing is giving everyone access to global companies that they know and they can relate to what we're also doing is also giving people access to better returns because a Mm. lot of local market investment opportunities have lower returns have returns that are lower than inflation which in real terms, mean they're negative returns. Mm. And so that's right. the other thing. And then the third factor is because a lot of local, I mean, because local currency investments, most of them will be in Naira, there's the risk of devaluation that a lot of mm. people are worried about. But what we're also doing, because we also recognize that a lot of people do want to invest in country, there are some good investment opportunities, is that we're giving people access to investment opportunities, both home and abroad. So we, right. So essentially, for us, how we see it is, people in Nigeria shouldn't be forced to only invest in Nigeria. We should be able to invest Mm. outside the country too. And we're making it very, very easy and very affordable. So the minimum deposit amount is just $20. And with $20, you can immediately start trading in the markets. We have access to fractional investing so that, you know, you want to own a bit of Amazon, but you don't want to spend, you know, over a thousand dollars per share. You can buy $20 of Amazon, whatever you can afford. And then again, for, Other, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of people in diaspora, there are Nigerian students, especially in diaspora, who, for example, don't have um, their insurance number. You need to open an account, but they have um, bank accounts. They're able to open accounts on Bamboo to invest like their peers. And they're also able to invest in local investment options if, you know, that is something that they're interested in. So that's that was like that's what's key for us. And, you know, our essential long-term vision is essentially giving Africans the ability to invest in Africa, like you said. So you mentioned that you're a Ghanaian. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to invest in the Nigerian stock exchange as well as easily from London and invest in the Ghanaian stock exchange if you wanted to. And, you know, what other countries we roll out to. That's what we see. Yeah, yeah. No, that all sounds good. And I think... um... I guess being from where I'm from and where I've grown up, I think I've taken for granted that opportunity and that access to just be able to invest where I like. Um, so yeah, that that you've articulated that really well. And also, when I was looking into, um, I guess your the problem that you're solving and um, the issue with local investments, I saw something that really alarmed me, which was the fact that giving an example of savings accounts. So the typical savings account returns in Nigeria is 4% interest per annum, which sounds good on its own. Um, 
But with inflation in Nigeria currently sitting at 11%, effectively you get a negative return of anywhere from about 7%, minus 7%. Um, so I guess that makes sense in terms of there's such a limited um, accessibility to good returns. Um, and so expanding that pool for people, especially young Nigerians who are able to start to build their wealth um, is really effective. So that's good. Um, you kind of touched on the next point that I wanted to make, which was that you're making, you're also making bamboo beginner friendly. Um, and one of the features that um, you use is, is showcasing, for instance, the most purchased stocks um, to give examples to people who are, I guess, quote unquote, novices at inve investing. Um, what other ways are you making the investment process more inclusive for those with limited experience? Yeah, so like you mentioned, for us, that was very, very important because essentially we're bringing new investing opportunities to a new market. It would be... It would just be bad for business to make it so complex that only experienced traders could invest because they just would they just aren't that many of them and it's yeah. you know it'd be a much smaller market. So we're doing a couple of things. On the app, we've made it so that it's quite intuitive. You're able to sign on very, very quickly. You can sign up in less than five minutes. And it's all very, very it's all very intuitive. One thing we have now is we have something called why is it moving? So what that means is you have this the stock the stock is you see the price is up like 20 percent in one day and you know for a lot of people who aren't like plugged into the market don't know what's going on no one really knows what's going on you know it's interesting and so what this does is just gives you a quick one-liner that lets you know oh let's say apple shares are up because they've reported larger than expected earnings or right. apple or you know, google is down because a news story broke, that sort of thing. That sort of summarizes what's going on in a one-liner that's easy to understand. Another thing we've done is we've put all the charts in there, but we've made them so that they're not too complex. So you can just quickly see what's happening with the stock price over whatever duration you choose. And that just gives you a quick, quick over, quick, should we say, mind map of is this a stock that has been going up over time? And then you can take an opinion on it will continue to go up. Or is it down from previous highs or will probably go back up? Another thing we have, what I think is the most helpful tool for new traders is analyst ratings. So you have an opinion, you probably read a news article somewhere that told you, oh, you should buy Disney. But you don't know if that person is just saying rubbish. But yeah. on our app, what we have analyst ratings that basically tells you, the analysts that cover this stock, so in on Wall Street, there'll be a couple of analysts that actually follow the stock, follow the news, and give guidance to their clients on where they think the stock price is going. And, you know, if they think, if a large majority of them think the stock price now is is lower than it's going to be in the future, so if they think the stock price is going to be increasing, that they'll be rated a buy because most of them have told their clients to buy it. And then you right. get, you essentially know what, how do analysts feel, feel about the stock? And for a lot of people, it's giving them either some conviction in their ideas or showing them new, you know, new stocks that they hadn't thought about. And the last feature, actually the second to last feature that I like, we have a section of the app called Top Movers that basically is shows you what is moving today. So we'll have things that are moving big up or moving a lot down. And it just shows you oh, what's interesting. And that is also a way to give our users access to stocks that you never think about so you know you might just go there one day and see a random stock that you've never known about doing you know five percent in one right. day 
and that has you now looking it up and then you never know that might be where you find your next best investment pick. But the last thing that we have that I really like is a section of the app called My Opinion. So when you go on a stock page, there's a bottom of there's a section of the app that basically gives you an overview of the company, how we feel about it, whether we like it, and just our general opinion on the stock and why we think it's a good buy. And it's almost a thesis for why we think it's a good buy. And it's with our content partners, My Wall Street. And, you know, right. so it's one of the things that are very, very interesting. So, yeah, we've made it in a way that it's really beginner-friendly. Beginner You're able to use the information on the app to come to trade decisions, at least for, you know, names that you know, names that you love. And we've also made it in such a way that you have opportunities to find, to gain access to, to find new stocks that you hadn't necessarily thought about before. Yeah, no, that's that's all super useful. And I think um, the long-term impact of that um, is one that will essentially make investment in- inclusive in the long term and not just reserved for, you know, the elite or people that um, work in finance or, you know, have a certain amount of money or wealth. Um, so, yeah, that that's really incredible what you're doing. And even for myself, I do have some financial investment experience, but I would find that incredibly useful to have that type of information when I'm making investment decisions. So that sounds great. Um, I was going to ask you this next question a little later, but I think it's very fitting to go into it now, simply because we're talking about investment and investment decisions. So I don't think we can have a conversation about finance or investment without touching on the global pandemic that's going on right now, um, COVID-19. Um, and of course, it's impacted global stock markets mostly negatively. So I wanted to ask, what has the impact been on your business in particular, in particular so far? So for us, it's interesting. Like I mentioned, a huge, large amount of our users were investing in the US markets for the first time. So luckily mm-hmm. or unluckily, that meant a large percent of our users weren't losing any money. So going into the stock market now when it's crashed is just more like a, right. this is a opportunity to okay. buy all these great stocks at a discount as opposed to oh my god i'm losing so much money right um, okay that, you know, so that is what has happened and you know it's been it's been an interesting time interesting experience the market has been very very volatile and so for us it's meant it's been a really, really busy time for our team, especially our support team. They've done an amazing job in just supporting customers, talking to users through what has been a period of high growth for us with us growing much quicker than we thought we would. And by a lot of the impact has also on our business has also meant we've had to ramp up a lot of our efforts a lot quicker than we might have initially intended to. So maybe we were going to launch our analyst ratings feature a little later, but we realized, look, it's much more important now, especially as the market is you know, those sort of things. And, you know, for us as well, with more eyes looking, it's also meant we need to be keeping keeping a much tighter ship, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's been good. It's been lovely just seeing, you know, with the market rally, in April, been lovely seeing, you know, our users reaching out, letting us know how, you know, they've made money. They've gone in the U.S. markets for the first time ever, mm-hmm. been able to make returns, especially as it's coincided with a devaluation. So we have, you know, a crop of users who invested right. in Naira 
at a certain exchange rate that have reached out and said, oh, I made some money on my stock and even better, I've been able to withdraw it at this new Naira exchange rate. So I've also made money. Thank you very much. So those kind of reviews are why we do this and, you know, why it's been really, really good. Like our motto says, building wealth from the ground up. Hopefully we're able to provide a platform for many of our users to do just that. Definitely. Yeah. And um, you mentioned partners earlier. I just wanted to um, highlight um, a few of the partners that you have, um, I guess, partnered with in order to allow Nigerians to invest overseas. So um, you've partnered with Drive Wealth, um, which is a US-based leader in global digital trading technology, um, as well as Lambeth Capital, which is a Nigerian stockbroking firm. And for your payment platform, um, you've also connected with Flutterwave which is the payment infrastructure platform in Nigeria. Yes, Flutterwave is a great African company. They're one of the, they're one of our tech, you know, they're one of the really good tech fintech companies and they essentially enable payments across Africa, you know, so generally. So even like you mentioned, a lot of your users are in the diaspora. So even for, you know, businesses, small businesses in the diaspora, they need to be able to collect payments, I want to sell products to yeah. businesses in Africa. Flutterwave is a good way to just move your money in and out. And it's yeah. really hassle-free. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so um, even we've been speaking about investment, um, but I wanted to actually talk about investment for your business. So I know you recently raised um, some seed funding, which is amazing. So congratulations on that. Um, I wanted to delve into that and ask you about your experience raising for your business. And of course, this would be the first time. Um, so my question is, what surprised you the most about the investment process? And is there anything that you would change the next time you raise? So we're currently in, our, in, our, in, our, in the middle of our seed round. So we were part of the white Combinator Winter 2020 batch. And yeah. that was, you know, a great experience, Y Combinator, a great community, uh, you know, a really, really great community, very helpful. And we're currently in the middle of our seed round. I think our seed round has been different to most people and hopefully different to, from other tech founders. Well, hopefully different from what other tech founders will have to experience because we were, we are, and we started fundraising in the middle of this coronavirus mess. So we started wow. fundraising when the market's, Literally at the peak of the markets were crashing, you know, investors were spooked, there were lockdowns in place. So literally on the second day of our fundraising, I was taking an emergency flight from San Francisco back to Lagos so I'd get in before wow. a lockdown. Yeah. That has sort of... So I think our experience is unique in that way. But what I will say is the investors who have who invested in us right at the beginning anyway just generally the support from them has been great Gen has you know been great and also from our users in that period that helped us grow and you know prove the numbers we needed to prove to show our fundraising so what so i mean i guess the most surprising thing to answer your questions directly the most surprising things would be just having to fundraise in these conditions and yeah. is there anything that would change the next time we raise i mean definitely not fun you know <laughs> And we'd hopefully be fun. We'll hopefully be fundraising in much simpler times. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So 
it's probably That's not as helpful for future founders listening, to be honest. Yeah, no, I <laughs> no, that's interesting. <laughs> but I think it's it's a good sign in that if you've been able to do so in such challenging times, um, in your next few rounds, like I'm sure it'll be. I wouldn't say easier because you know you, you never know, but I'm sure it'll you, you'll be ready um, for whatever comes. Um, but yeah, it's been exciting to observe your journey so far. Like you said, it's been a little bit different. Um, so it's been exciting in that way. Um, just my last question to round off then. Um, I wanted to ask if you did have any advice for any, um, I guess, first-time founders, especially those in the, in the diaspora, um, with aspirations to build businesses in Africa. First, like I said, so I'm generally... I don't know what it'll be like as a second time founder. I'll, I'll yeah. definitely the difference. But my one piece of advice for founders generally in the diaspora, especially with aspirations to build businesses in Africa, is it doesn't matter how hard you think it is going to be, it will be pro- it will probably be harder than that. So <laughs> no, yeah, and you know, it's probably it's helpful to know that going in because it yeah. gives you the grits to just continue. So go in with a vision, go in knowing exactly what it is that you want to build and knowing what you want to achieve and just do it regardless of the, of whatever comes in the way. So, you know, no matter how hard it seems, just keep doing it anyway. And, you know, to to tag onto that, when everyone tells the story afterwards, it always sounds better than it than yeah. You know, it always sounds great. You know, in a few, you know, when we finish our fundraise, all we're going to announce is that we had, you know, Bamboo has raised their seed round. No one is going to tell the stories of, you know, a million and one nose and the, you know, it doesn't add stories. So that's really it. That it's going to be probably harder than you think, but you should just do it anyway because if you have the vision, if you have the conviction it will also probably work out. So just literally just do it anyway. Don't die. Just keep going, keep going, keep like literally keep going, keep going, keep going. And as, and you know, where possible, find a community of founders, Mm. other people that are also building something and work together, be collaborative, help each other out. Because for us, that has been really, really helpful being a part of YC by Combinator, being a part of the YC network has just been also helpful, even if it's not helpful in tangible, like, oh, getting referrals. It's even just helpful just having people going through the same thing as you that you can just reach out to and be like, oh, fundraising sucks today. Uh, uh, Business is terrible today. And, you know, it's almost, uh, it's a great, not a crutch, but it's, you know, good people to lean on to because the other people in your life might not know exactly what you're going through or yeah. be able to necessarily totally sympathize. So those are my two yeah. things. Don't die, keep going, keep going, keep going, and find a tribe, find a community. Yeah. I love that advice, don't come and die. I do love that. Um, I actually have a bonus question um, as you were speaking. It would be good to get some insight into your experience at YC, actually. Um, I know there were a handful of... Um, African startups, mostly Nigerian, that joined the cohort. Um, so yeah, it'd be good to get some insight into what your experience was like. Um, Why Combinator? It was a great experience. I mean, we met 
So with me and my co-founder, we were in San Francisco, you know, typical YC experience. We're in San Francisco for about three months. It goes really, really, really quickly. Like they say it goes quickly, but it really does go extremely quickly. The three months feel like three weeks at most. We met a great group of people. You know, it's very, very important while you're building your company, like I said, to find your tribe. And obviously YC just makes it a lot easier to do that because you're it's almost like college with people doing the exact same thing as you. Right. I think from the YC experience, you definitely get as much of it as you want to, as much or as little as you want to. So, you know, if there are any other founders here who are thinking about it or wanting to do YC, I would say definitely go into it planning to take out as much of it as possible. Make all the friends you can, meet as many people as you can, and just go into it with an open mind. So that's what it was like. A lot of the time at YC, we spent... I mean, you spend a lot of the time actually building your company because it's, as they say, the most leveraged three months of your life. Right. The life of your company, because you have this opportunity to build, 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 and then fundraise. So you do spend a lot of time doing that. But, you know, if you're able to find some time to also just build those connections, build that tribe, quote unquote, that will help. We also had a great female founders network, which was also super super duper helpful as well but you know it's a great time if anyone you know first time well not even first time if you're an african founder trying to do it definitely reach out happy to help with prepping interview help all that kind of stuff because it's important for us to help each other so i mean they can reach out to you and you can intro me if you need to yeah of course, of course. Um, and I just wanted to throw in there, for those who don't know what um, YC or Y Combinator is, it's a startup accelerator based in um, Silicon Valley. And um, it um, their past startups have been the likes of Airbnb, Stripe, uh, DoorDash, etc., and also Flutterwave. Um, so yeah, that is amazing. And as um, Yamo said, anybody who's looking to make an application, if they would like to reach out, please let me know and I can connect you. Um, but that's, you've been amazing, Yama, honestly. Um, I really, this is exactly why I really wanted to speak to you. I think your experience has been very um, unique, um, but also a very exciting one. So I'm looking forward to seeing more from Bamboo. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And your podcast is great. And like they mentioned, I love, I love your website. Thanks. <laughs> cool, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. I have a lot in store for you this season. Next week, I'll be talking to one of the founding members of a new digital remittance platform about the future of sending money back home, Africa fintech, and more. See you then.